Look at you see this fool? Look at this fool. You look ridiculous. Dude. Dude, your wife your wife should be ashamed of herself to even she be associated with you. She is ashamed. She's uh, way in fact, cooler she than wanted he is. to become she uh, wanted to become a Taliban just so she could wear a a, 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 a a thing over her head when they went out in public together. I like how Lindsay I like how Lindsay is on mute. I should love it. Him, I'm should we keep him muted my, the rest of the show? I got my dog's having a meltdown. I say you'll just let it run. Just let her bark. Oh, and and then what are you doing, Riley? You're in the dorm room? What is that? Where, where are you, bro? I'm back in Colorado for the holidays. So I get is all that the you, Colorado. Is that the room you grew up in? No. Got it's it. not the room I grew up in. The room I grew up in actually is um, very colorful. There's like eight different colors painted in it. Cool. But it's inaccessible. Cool. How's this bull market treating you? Dude, it's great. Yeah? What's I'm, so great I'm about actually kind of loving the, um, the super hawkish sentiment from yesterday. I mean, I liked your tweet that you put out. I think it was earlier this morning, though. Like, one day doesn't make a trend. Sure, yeah, why do people why do people think that one day makes a trend? Well, because they see scary red bars to the downside and they freak the fuck out. That's cool. I'm That's a great it. explanation. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think a lot about that stuff. Sentiment volatility. Like, that's what I wanted to talk about today. So we're just getting at it. But people are emotionally labile. Like, that's the fancy word. We're all wrecks. We're like swinging. Like one new fact. And it's like, oh, we're the happiest person in the world. Now, all of a sudden, we're like, Oh my God, everything's terrible. Everything's miserable. That emotional volatility, you see that during a bull run. People like knee jerk, get bearish. What do you think? You know? Yeah, I to mean, me, it, I, I, I'm all for it. You know, I uh, I was in the city yesterday hanging with some friends. Dude, we ordered a three liter bottle of Bordeaux. Three liters. So that's four 750s. This thing was a beast, dude. Left bank Bordeaux. And that's a bull market order right there. You're not worried. You guys were not order. worried about the bear market. Extra bacon. We got the Wagyu. We got the lamb chops. We got the ribeyes. We got the, what's the one with the big bone? What's that one? The uh, tomahawk. Dude. The Fred Flintstone. The Fred Flintstone. We got some cream spinach. Woo! We did Woo! well yesterday. It was just uh, college buddies of mine getting together. We went to Del Frisco's. It's great. You have college buddies? I do. They actually, um, you know, they're, it's good to have college friends. You, you, you have a few, I, don't I have you? college friends. Yeah, I love my college friends. All right, boys, welcome to uh, Trends with Friends. Good to have everybody here. We, uh, might be our last episode of the year. Is it, if we do the math, it's, uh, we're doing the show on like the 19th or 21st? Today's the so 21st. It's 21st. So we will have maybe one more show. I got Riley putting together a best of. We've had some great calls, boys. Um, so here we are. Um, JC, what's ahead? We've got like the seven best days of the year historically coming up or something? Not the seven best days of the year, but a seven day period that historically outperforms uh, almost all other random seven day periods throughout the year. And it's less about like the stock market doing well during a time that it's supposed to do well. Like we've been seeing, like that's not a big deal. Stocks are supposed to do well this time of year. So we're seeing it. So not mm -hmm. a big deal. It's 
when stocks are not doing well during a period that they're supposed to, that's a heads up. So you've got the uh, January trifecta coming up. So you've got the Santa Claus rally period, which begins uh, Friday, the 22nd, and runs through Wednesday, January the 3rd. And, you know, if, it's, if the S&P 500 doesn't rally during that period, that's a heads up that something might be wrong underneath the surface. And, of course, you got the first five days of the year. Uh, as go the first five days, so goes the rest of the year, uh, as, as we've learned it. And then you've got the January barometer, which as goes January, so goes the rest of the year. And that's the trifecta. And uh, if stocks don't do well during that Santa Claus rally period or the first five days or January or worse, they don't do well at all in any of those periods, you know, that tends to precede, you know, tougher markets. If they're not coming in, if these, if these portfolio managers are not coming in hot at the beginning of the year and buying stocks, then they're probably not going to be doing that later in the year either. Okay. Good, good synopsis. Next up, um, uh, where do you want to start, JC, top down? Or where, 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 what interests you? I think I, I posted today what isn't working, and that's been quite easy this year, China. Uh, Straza had a great uh, post, and maybe the worst, the only bad asset class. Or Africa, Africa sucks too. And so Africa and China, and they're pretty related uh, in a sense that China owns Africa. But um, yeah, so much, and, and I think in China, it's like the currencies are imploding, right, JC? No, the yuan's uh, actually bounced okay. It's more, um, it's more, I think, just, you know, communists being punished for being communists, you know, right? Okay. Like, think about it. This is an everything rally. Everything's working. European banks are making new 52-week highs. Throw up that first slide of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, world's most important stock market index, uh, making new all-time highs. Contrary to popular belief, the Dow is actually much more diversified than other indexes like the S&P or the NASDAQ. The Dow is the most sure. diversified of all of those from a sector to sector I mean, if you own Apple in the index, you're diversified. It's like global, it's chips, it's, it's you know, media. But yeah, Apple's right. not even it's a big component of the Dow. Right. No, but I'm saying it's so diversified on its own. So the biggest component of the Dow is what? The highest price stock? Yep. So uh, United Healthcare, But in terms of just sectors... You're not loaded up in technology. You've got enough technology. You're not loaded up like you would be in something like uh, the S&P 500 that's 30% tech. The NASDAQ 100 is 50% tech. When you look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, you're talking 19% tech. So, and now you're getting 14% industrials uh, as opposed to zero in, in the NASDAQ 100, for example. Um, you still got 13% consumer discretionary, 20% financials, 20% healthcare. Just from a sector-to-sector -sector standpoint, you're just getting more diversification than you are in these other tech-heavy indexes. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is making new all-time highs. You know, one thing that, you know, I did when I was younger is that I used to ignore the Dow because I thought I was so cool because I was an institutional mm -hmm. guy and we followed the S&P and blah, blah, blah. I was an idiot. I was stupid. Um, the Dow I is the most- I was an idiot. I was he an was idiot. He was a brown nose, Lou. You hated him. I was a dummy. I was a dummy. And, um, you know, you don't, you don't want to be, you don't want to be a dummy. So you, yeah, you don't buy Papa Dow. That's just prof. That's just prophetic. Don't be a dummy. It's so simple. Don't be a dummy. Right. Right. Uh, Pearl dog. Mm -hmm. Don't be a dummy. I can't even say enough. I mean, unforced errors and just doing stupid shit is responsible for 95% of the negative outcomes in the world. By the way, great name for an ETF for this show later on, DBAD, Don't Be a Dummy ETF. And what Don't we do is, dummy. yeah, yeah, we, we take people's money, charge them 4% and buy Vanguard. 
And we don't let him sell. They, yeah, we don't let him sell. And every time they sell, we, the, a phone picks up and says, don't be a dummy. And Somebody comes over to the house and fucking it's kicks a very aggressive. It's a very aggressive sales tactic, but we'll get away with it. You try to sell, we come over and beat your ass. <laughs> don't be a dummy. Hamas. Hamas lover. All right, so Dow, I agree. Next up, JC. Dow good, China bad. What else do we got? Throw up the small cap, large cap ratio. I think this trend is here to stay. Um, I love this I don't chart. Think it's... It peaked. It was like that false breakdown from fast moves come, or from false moves come fast moves. Yeah, Lindsay. Someone's yeah. paying attention. That, would, that could I... be the name of my new shoot 'em up ship. That's like, a Brian Shinoni uh, quote right there. Is that Shinoni? That's Shinoni. That's Shinoni. VWAP Shinoni. Shout out Alpha Shinoni. Shout out. Yeah, Listen, VWAP always sounded dirty to me. Like that sounds a little dirty, right? Every time you say VWAP, my Lindsay gets a little bit. Uh, she, she gets dances. hot. Yeah. Are you yeah, pinching your Y axis these days, Pearl Dog? Are you pinching it? Oh yeah, dude. I love that <laughs> shit. Are you kidding me? Dude, make sure right, you're pinching so, your Y axis uh, out there. Kids. I get up in the morning just to do a little pinching, uh, little pinchy pinchy. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think the squeeze is on. Small caps, absolutely ripping. You know, I think a lot of people were focused on the Russell 2000 and the fact that it wasn't doing much. But mm-hmm. small cap consumer discretionary, small cap industrial, small cap tech has been working all along. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> people telling you that small caps were not working. Maybe their small caps weren't working. Maybe the index, which is loaded with banks and biotechs, wasn't working. But plenty of small caps were working. And, and, and let me just say, JC, tutor own horn here, you to me, right? Like I told people months ago that the tech companies that got the message, Coinbase, you uh, to me, uh, Affirm, the companies that started to surprise with profit, right? Square, they have caught a bid like unbelievable finally. Like they've doubled, if not tripled with Coinbase uh, or up 50%. So, and there's, you know, Square's not a small cap, but Coinbase theoretically was at $10 billion. Um, uh, Udemy at $1 billion. And uh, Firm, which got, you know, but, you know, in the end, those that have gotten the message and make money um, from top down, JC, I will tell you, and, and you saw this, I wrote about it this week, like with the top down, the problem, like Figma will be fine not getting allowed to be bought by <clears throat> Adobe and they got a billion dollar breakup fee. So, so for the, so Figma will just have to go public. Um, uh, so the next index that looks great, if we can pull up is that, that I saw JC, you guys do with Strauss of the IPO versus the mega caps, right? Like that's kind of like the small caps, IPOs and SPACs have been left for dead. And if you look at IPOs, the reason they're starting to bottom is that class that survives is going to be a very strong cast ca- uh, class because they got the message. Look at Uber finally hit all-time highs. Udemy's at all-time highs. Coinbase is ripping. Uh, Affirm is ripping. So there are companies from that class that now may be mid-caps, not small caps, but uh, got the message, understand what it's like to be a public company. You can't just get away with this forever of not making money. You have to have margins. You have to have uh, business development. And so if you can't do... This may be the reason why small caps outperform long story short, JC, sorry, um, is the big caps can't do acquisitions. So, you know, growth will come, you know, growth has this way of happening. You know, if you, if you pin it somewhere else, if you pin it down at the top and things aren't allowed to buy things, well, guess what will happen? 
you know, the, the small caps will figure out how to become mid caps. And I think that could be an interesting part of this next bull market is this rush from $1 billion companies to become $15 billion companies or $5 billion companies to become 30 to $50 billion companies. You know, we used to talk about the 10 to 100, but I think we're going to go into this era of 1 to 20 and 3 to 50. Uh, but anyways, I'm keeping an eye on that just because of the Udemy's of the world, which are great products, um, which, you know, people can't own because it's not a huge company. The institutions can't own it. But um, there's a lot of in retail and individual investors that can that can take down big chunks of these things. Anyways, that, that was my thought. Sorry, JC. No, all good. Um, I just wanted to throw up that uh, small cap uh, industrials up 52%, by the way. Small cap discretionaries up 47%. These, uh, these indexes are crushing uh, uh, all their benchmarks. And people are telling me that small caps aren't working. How can small caps not be working if the small cap industrial index is up 52%? Uh, discretionary up 47%. Energy, materials, technology, small caps all up over 30%. Plenty of small caps working. People who tell you small caps aren't working are either lying to you and it's malicious or they actually just haven't taken the time to look. Neither one of those is a valid excuse. Yeah, I, I want to give people another example that Riley and I and Phil, you'll love this one. Uh, just to interrupt for a sec, pull up BLD, which again is an $11 billion company, but was a $1 billion company. None of us yep. fucking know what this company does. Okay, let me, let me explain something that we've been talking about in price and popularity. One of the things that Stocktwits will do a better job of next year, Phil and I are working on, and Riley obviously is leading this, is... We've always known about this high relative strength, right, JC? Like relative strength matters. Context matters. You know, how things are doing in comparison to other things matters, right? And something that StockTwitch created over 15, 16 years with the follower uh, counts is what's amazing is how the world does catch on to price relative strength, but completely ignores the idea of like, which company is doing best that no one's ever heard of? Which, you know, over time, Stockfoots has figured out, here's a company, BLD. No one knows what it does. I think it's in the infrastructure place. Or it's and in it's an engineering stock. Engineering stock. So it's in infrastructure. Um, 400 followers. Okay, the stock's probably the best performing stock of the last six years. You know, again, it's, it's, it's gone sideways for a little while. But just, the, there is a lot out there with very simple techniques and, and something Riley and I have talked about for a long time and built a, a list like this, JC, where we're matching the top relative strength stocks with the least popular uh, or least discovered social companies. And it works both ways, but we prefer to use it this way. So here's the stock we discovered uh, um, a while ago that's on our list. So again, you don't have to fight against everybody on the Tesla stream. You don't have to fight everybody against everybody on the Apple stream. Um, there's companies out there, if you top down look at industries and, and figure out where the money is flowing, you can really narrow it down to one or two stocks that can really change your portfolio. Throw and the AIMTEC up there, very similar. Industrial Which machinery, these, these, these infrastructure plays, um, you know, yeah, that industry. Yeah, everybody hates Biden, but like, so the infrastructure plays are, are working. Trump was like infrastructure president and, and nothing worked. 
And now basically we've got uh, infrastructure plays working and no one's talking about it. Yeah, Amtech. What was the other one I was going to mention? It's a great um, point, Alan, by the way. Yeah, well, it's just, we all blame the president or give the president too much credit, right? There's a lot going on. By the way, how hilarious is it that this Biden administration, the coal stocks are the ones doing the best? Isn't that hilarious? I think they started doing well under Trump, though, too, right? They've been jihadding for years. Uh, no, it was, uh, it was all... Uh, because didn't they take that out during the Trump president? They killed that ETF, Vanek ETF, during the Trump presidency, I think. No, it got going. It, the coal really got going once uh, Biden became the president. Got it. Oh, you're saying it's earlier 2020. No, you're yeah. probably right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're There's right. There's so many weird things. That, it's, 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 well, you know, while well, it point is, Trump, it's not Biden's fault that these coal stocks are ripping. It's just funny. Correct. It's just like I, the pod I, stocks I, are getting destroyed. The coal it, stocks are ripping. It's price and sentiment, price and sentiment, price and sentiment, price and yeah. sentiment. We keep banging the harp here. We're not taking credit for any of these picks. We're following price and sentiment. You know, sentiment follows price. Uh, just because China's doing, you know, it's fun to make fun of China this year. And Phil, you can chime in on this. But I'm not making fun of China saying it'll never bounce. There is a point where China will become such a laughing stock because Straza put up that chart is, is China versus the S&P, just like small caps versus large caps. There will be a point when sentiment gets so stupid and supply gets so stupid or, or Z says enough's enough. And, you know, U.S. looked terrible last year and this year it looked great, or at least through half of the last year. There's uh, no question he has levers to pull. And I just want to note one thing. Uh, February 10th is the Chinese New Year. And the new year, the next year, will be the year of the dragon. Ooh. And I think fire breathing is... Uh, is a, certainly a, a priority of mine. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see China bottom out in the first part of the year. It gets really ugly. And then those guys, I mean, they're totalitarian, you know, they're totalitarians, right? They can control, they can control things. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them pull some levers so, and make some things happen economically there and see that market recover. I could be completely wrong, but something no, to no, look no, at. What, if, if we're thinking that sharp recovery JC, towards the end of the first quarter in China. JC, let's let's think. Let's put uh, our boy uh, Shawnee on this and see if there's a couple uh, trades to look for or signals to look for if China is a play. If China bottoms, you know, I think that there's it's just well, better, better, better to wait for it. Better. I think there's better places to be. I think there's places that are already working. You know, you got to go and, and, you know, you have to look so hard to find something that's not working in this environment that, yeah. you know, you finally find it and that's the one that you're going to buy. Like, I just I think they buy it, but there may be a couple plays to keep an eye on. Just think that, that there's just, there's just opportunities. Um, there's just, okay. they're just easier trades, you know, like, uh, okay, let's we, keep we going couple, down the path. Let's we put on a couple of trades this week. Uh, we bought Chewy. Throw up the Chewy trade uh, a couple Lindsay, days ago. Lindsay just got a Woody. Lindsay's a girl and just got a Woody. She heard Chewy. She thinks something's coming. Amazon man. Amazon man. Where's Amazon man? Well, Amazon doesn't deliver Chewy, uh, first uh, of all. Chewy delivers Chewy? Chewy delivers Chewy. Ooh, um, from, from false moves come fast moves. Thank you very much. So we bought the June 30 calls for two bucks. Uh, you like that one there, uh, Pearlbach? Love that. I Do love that Chewy? move. And this is, I love that. I love that. And, you, and, and, you know, I love when you see, like, this is the kind of thing you'd be looking for in China before you got involved. Correct. But this is Correct. the kind of thing that's just such a beautiful thing because you get the best of both worlds here. You get cheap 
and you get technicals. Okay, so you just so we've got the key corp option trade on. Throw the key corp have, up. Throw throw the key corp. I just dropped the chart there. The, the key corp's yeah. working. Very nice. Key corp's working. Our Cloudflare's working a bit. We're up. And then yep. this is a new one. The Chewy 30s. Have, has it already run or is it not running? No, it's just getting going. Okay. Uh, and then we bought the, the uh, key corp over the last couple of weeks and we added to our bank positions uh, yesterday. Throw up the uh, Wells Fargo, making new 52-week highs. We bought Wells Fargo. Fuck you guys with your Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo. Uh, the June 55 calls, two bucks, real cheap, and fly. You know, Ooh. you want to you, you, you incorporate low the strategies that are best for low volatility environments when volatility is low, uh, which obviously okay. it is. Uh, so the fact that we're able to buy cheap calls for nothing and going out to June... We've been doing that, and we're doing more of it. So, Wells Fargo, you know, if we're above 47, you stay long. I think it gets up into the 60s. And what do you think okay. of the uh, KRE, JC, the uh, regionals? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a small cap play, right? So, while small caps have been working since last year, but people are dumb and blind and are lazy and don't even look, um, the indexes themselves have been held back because there's 250 regional banks in the Russell 2000. There's 250 or so biotechnology stocks in the Russell 2000. So these indexes have been held back by biotechs and bank stocks, despite the strength we've seen in small cap industrials, small cap materials, made new all-time highs yesterday, uh, small cap technology, small cap discretionary. They've already been working. But now that the Russell 2000 is ripping, because the banks are now participating in biotechs, you know, I, I think that there's legs here. I think that the squeeze in the small caps on a relative basis has legs. And if it's got legs, regionals are going with it by definition. You know, I really don't know much about so individual good. stocks and I don't follow them very closely. But I will say this, that if you're looking in the regional space, uh, one that I do own and have owned for a long time uh, as a component just of my you know, professional career is uh, OZK. And that OZK. one, if you take a look at that one, J JC, you're going to love that on a no, relative basis to the KRE. Oh, yeah. look at, go look but at the first I, we chart. We talked about I it months ago, it. and it's way up from there. But it's outperforming well, you're, like you're crazy. Chief, you're, you're Chief Brozark. I was Chief Brozark there. And uh, it, it's it's just, it's outperformed like crazy. Dude, uh, it's when did you leave? It's making 52-week highs and consolidating we... in a higher area. He left, he left just... right before it started to go up, Lindsay. Yeah, hang on. Let's just see where <laughs> yeah. he left. We've already, left. we've already mocked me for that, by the way. So. I'm not mocking you. It's cool. Not yeah, what, yeah. No one person runs the company, Moosh. But when did you leave? Was it uh, November 99 or was it uh, May or November 2019? When did you leave? No, it was like, I don't know, it's about five years ago. 18 was it five years ago? Fuck time. I think it's been almost five, four, So you had a good years. run. You had a good run. Had a great run there. I mean, you had a good run. Company, by the way, uh -huh. unbelievable people run that company. Un now, brilliant people run that company. How come they changed Just, the name? Uh, you know what? Because of the TV show, you want to be associated with murder and mafia. I was deeply involved with the rebranding there, and that was a lot of fun to do as a as a uh, as a branding creative exercise that was just incredible to do that but how is there, i'm not going to go into but, any of that but it's, rationale a, it's, it's a really scenes. it's a really stupid name uh bank what is it bank ozk now oh they changed your name right but taser changed your name to axon and that worked pretty fucking well bank um, ozk what is that perlman 
Well, it's, it's bank I, I have no comment on that. All I'm going to say is it's a great bank, and they have performed unbelievably well relative to the regionals. Yeah. And the top brass there is are the Can you we, know some of the smartest people I ever met in my whole life. You always had good things to say. How many um, Jews in Arkansas? Except you, there's not except many Jews hated. in Arkansas. That was part not of the, that was you that was the long story. I'm not going to tell here. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 you were DEI. Did you bring him any so, bring him uh, bagels? Be like, listen, folks, you get the schmear. This is how we do. I brought that down town, the bagels. Man. Yeah, that town, that town, man, scary town. Okay, let's pull up another regional bank, Axos Bank. Let's just see how it's doing. A lot of good people. A lot of, lot of good, uh, down to earth people in Axos in, Bank. Uh, can we pull it up? I think it's AX. AX. Yep. Is that another one that's leading? Because it didn't go down as much. Yes. Yeah, so Greg Garibentz runs that bank. Uh, they're a Trump lender when nobody would lend to Trump. So for those that want to know that. But he didn't do the... Greg, I've had him on my podcast. Greg never did the trade, right? He didn't do... The, he didn't get mixed up in the in the yield trade. Um, and uh, if there is a regional bank, love him or hate him for doing business with Trump, it's a very conservative bank. And you know, no one's more conservative than me. Um, San Diego Bank. Um, go back and says look at they're the ba- says they're based out of Las Vegas. Yeah, no, but he headquarters is maybe for tax. So headquarters San Diego. Um, can we look at a longer term chart here? Greg's I have been it, running right? this it's, thing. It's the first. It's the first chart, right? Like, yeah. Never took TARP money. Uh, it's a clean bank, right? Like they just bank, right? And um, it's a Harvard guy before Harvard became DEI is concerned, you know, so, wow. you know, if you're that. going to own a regional bank and I don't, uh, just friendly with, uh, Paul Grimberg's the chairman of my SPAC and Paul, Paul was CFO at this bank, uh, is on the board. Sorry. Paul's the chairman of this bank. So I don't own stock just because I'm friends with all the guys, but, um, how can you argue against a regional bank that, that no one wants the regional bank to survive, right? The government just doesn't give a fuck about regional banks. And here's Greg and team uh, surviving 08 without TARP, surviving this yield crisis, uh, keeping their noses relatively clean, uh, as banks have to do, and a, 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 a fixture of San Diego and, and Vegas. Anyway, so, so as bad as it was out there for banks, you know, how much... Silicon Valley Bank failed because they left a fucking hole in their in their goddamn balance sheet and the internet found it. Okay. And it's a pretty amazing bank. All right. So we've got two good banks. That's pretty cool, everybody. That we've got two banks. We've got European banks working. China's the only thing really not working. Uh, we've got our Uber trade working, our Coinbase trade worked, our Solana. We were ta- we were all over Solana at 23. Uh, I haven't sold it. It's you know, I've sold some. It's in the 80s. Um we talked about the helium at three. It's nine. Uh, I'm going to give you a render this week, not because I have inside information, because I just know the people that own all these things, and they're just going to work their weird mojo on this. Render, if we pull up render, JC. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is a familiar. video compute, which is a video compute platform. Um, I think they're going to, I think the powers that be are going to work this much higher. Again, again I... I can't speak to the tokens because I can't understand where the grift is. And by grift, I mean where the supply is and how they're managing the token. Um, but it's a hell of a good blockchain idea for, for, for video compute on the cloud. 
And then there's this other one that I'm in that I just found out about through Multicoin, Hive Mapper. I mean, some of these things have gone from pennies to tw- or 20 baggers this month. <laughs> no, I swear to God, this is the one where you map in your Dude, car. Dude, that where- could be a show. Howie on shit coins. No, well, it's like- not. Ha- this goes to why Jace, we all are friends. I'm not an expert in this, but sometimes you can you pay the fees and you give your money to people that play the game, right? Like no one wants to give their money to a hedge fund. And I get why. Two and 20 to trade stocks against JC and ETFs is not good. But where are you going to get people that are truly 24-7 in Discord group? I'm not saying legal, illegal. Judge me as you will. But for me to go play this game versus paying my 2 and 20 to have someone playing these games 24-7, 365, that'd be like me paying a YouTuber back 10 years ago to say, hey, go be the best YouTuber you can be and build the channel that you can build. I don't begrudge those people that built half a billion followers on TikTok and, and YouTube. So look at this Hive Mapper, which is really an ingenious idea. I don't know if you can pull up the chart. The Hive Mapper is this thing where they kind of like test it. They give you a little thing and you track your car. You track, your, they're building their own mapping system, kind of like Helium did with, with Telecom, right? These really big ideas that are really goofy and you know borderline grifty, but um, they're experimental, right? It's just the Wild West. And there are some, you know, and, you know, I like to seek alpha with a certain part of my money and, and truly speculate. And I'm not a good personal speculator because I get nervous. But uh, I've found that like speculating on the edges with other people that are true experts um, can lead to these crazy kind of returns. And it, and it helps expand my knowledge, which I know, JC, you love doing as well. Go I ahead, kid Tom. you, but to your credit, Howie, you've always been a curator and you're a curator, you're a talent curator, content curator, looking for things that are smart and piggybacking. And that's just a beautiful thing. And let's be honest, like who was the first person that told me about Bitcoin? Was that my dog? Fred, Fred Wilson got long Bitcoin. I don't know. Thousand. Has he been negative since? No. Everybody's like, I mean, Fred will come on to his blog when he said Bitcoin silly. I mean, there's a 40 bagger there uh, without any noise, right? When, when, when people have a history of being right about fundamental things, you know, uh, JC has a really good ability to read the market. So when JC gives us a top-down analysis and bottoms-up analysis, I'm going to listen. When Fred Wilson says, hey, guys, this is why Bitcoin's going to work. And that doesn't change his opinion. I'm going to wait for Fred and the people that got me into a trade to, to get me out of a trade, right? And I'm lucky that I am able to reach some of these people and talk about it. So you kind of, there's people out there that are experts in certain things. And I think we've learned over time that in the stock market, indexing kind of works because because there's, there's so many experts doing it. But on these fringe case scenarios, like where JC works with, uh, I call it, uh, chart art or or Phil, where you work with behavioral knowledge. There are people that just don't have enough expertise in these areas and don't apply enough where there's edge. And so, you know, if we can teach that to people watching this show, that's kind of the goal. I like to just love talking about this stuff. Like I take no credit for my knowledge because it's through, you know, Josh Brown introduced me to JC. I met Phil on, on Fred Wilson's blog. We met Riley through JC at, at one of the conferences in Colorado. Um, we're, 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 what do you call it? We're, uh, mutts. We're financial mutts, right? 
right? And I think financial mutts, and I think as, as DEI and Harvard and Yale, I'll take a financial mutt over a Harvard grad. We all knew this anyways, right? For 20 years. We'll take financial mutts like Josh Brown, Barry Ritholtz, JC, uh, rotation. Uh, we so built people... this game, Lindsay. We built this game. I got people on no, Twitter that are like, oh, JC, you need to do this. You need to do that. <clears throat> it's like, bro, we embedded the rules. You, you listen to us, all right? We don't listen to you. <laughs> I don't have that same confidence. I just prefer we, we, to like We kinda... wrote the rules. We, we built this. And I got people telling me how I need to act. Get out of here. Oh, I know. And in that, that regard, in that regard, too, I just want to say one thing. We were talking about that BLD before. And how incredibly, you know, how, how, how well that thing has outperformed for so long and that so many small cap gems out there. And, you know, you go back 20 years. I mean, 20 years ago, I was running money and we were looking for uh, uh, st small cap stocks with earnings momentum. And we mm -hmm. needed to have fact set and we were paying 10, 12 grand a month for fact set feed. And we had like some crazy quant who we were paying like crazy to. And he was helping us find these companies that had, you know, certain patterns of standardized unexpected earnings and certain, you know, Piotrowski, high Piotrowski scores. And uh, we had to pay so much. We were paying 25, 30 grand a, grand a month just to find these, these companies. Now... You know, you have StockTwits, you have um, Coifin, and you have a couple other tool tools that are, you know, cheap subscriptions or free on the internet. And you, you have JC's list, and you can find these companies that are doing extraordinary things. It's not, it's not just for the big boys anymore. There is- Well, I, I will say this too, because I get, I get really mad at people, and I shouldn't, because- we're not traffic cores. We've never figured out traffic. JC is pretty good at traffic. Josh is pretty good at traffic. Uh, mainly says you put in the time. I'm, I'm the, probably the biggest underachiever in traffic, mainly because I'm enjoying this. I don't like promoting it. I like doing the show. But dollar for dollar, if I look through this first year, like the, four, the alpha that we've created is bananas. Riley's putting together a, the fans that reach out to us versus, and this goes to high relative price strength, and low social following. Don't rush to the YouTube channels that have, especially financial channels that have all the followers, CNBC, all in podcasts. It's just like rushing into the Tesla stream after everybody's already in there. You find alpha by finding things that don't have followings yet, right? That are talking about the things that actually add value to things. So, you know, people go to the top 10 podcasts and go, oh, that's what I should listen to. You know, try that. It just doesn't work. You know, sometimes it works. Conan deserves to be the best podcast. So the guy's the best at it. But the other nine suck. So you've got to really go do the work, both in your, you know, your data intake and your media intake and your, and your market intake. Riley and I had this idea of price and popularity because StockTwits wasn't doing it. Like, you know, and, and we're going to do it. Like, uh, StockTwits is going to build it. But, like, we have 16 years of data that no one else has. Like a JC can appreciate this, you know, shame on us for not organizing that better. Nobody listens but, to me. I've been trying to get some of this data for years. And nobody yeah, listens yeah, yeah. to me. But the good news is it's still you there. Would think, you would think you would think that perhaps you, would, you would invite me into a conference room and say, JC, what's on your mind? 
And I would say, all right, how much time you got? And then maybe yeah. an idea or two come out of there. You would think. Honestly, guys, we should have this conversation, uh, you know, off off the camera. No, it's fine. But I'm saying this is what, this is how, this, this is why it's just an open, uh, non-board meeting. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, I'm but the point is, it's very The point hard is nobody to, listens to. The point is no one listens to because I listen Cuban, to you, JC. And, let's, and let's be honest, no one listened to Lucy you got no either. Right? Then, I guess. Lucy didn't. Lucy no, didn't but listen I'm to, to you Ricky about either. different things. I just want a couple good picks here and there to have fun with. A couple more charts that look interesting. I mean, I think we've covered a lot. Is there any? You know, it's Christmas. I'm not the first I'm, one. I'm, this is this is a trend that nobody's talking about. I don't know why. Uh, I think it's here to stay. It's uh, a different regime that we've been accustomed to over the last couple of decades, and that stocks and bonds moving together. The 60-40 portfolio was always stupid. Now it's dumber than ever. Now it's the yeah, 100 portfolio. We've been saying that for about six months. Yeah, we've been saying that. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're moving together, and I, 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 investors are having a hard time wrapping their heads around this, and the worst investors are taking the longest to come to terms with these with this new regime. Um, that's not even that new anymore, uh, but these these assets are moving together, and they didn't yeah. used to. So this whole fallacy that the the bond market, treasury bonds, are a safe haven—that's uh, a lie. That's just not true. They're not. The dollar's the safe haven. Uh, bonds are moving with stocks. And and I will say, Ram Ram, who we've had on the show, says oil's the new bonds for this, right? Is that any truth to that? XLE or or is no? You know, the sixty forty should be uh, stocks and commodities. Uh, but anyways, I agree with you on this one. The um, and I think it's here to stay. So like, I, there's people out there that are betting that this correlation is going to change and it's going to revert immediately, and that's the bet that they're making. That's a tough bet. I think the bet is that that these correlations remain in place and we'll let the market show us when they're, when they're reverting to, to those former, eh, those former relationships. I mean, I, I gotta see it. Show me. Uh, I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing these things move together. So, you know, I'm not going to bet against it. All right. Uh, Lower yields yeah. means higher stock prices. The other one that we're going to follow up on Google looked like it was going to break out. Hasn't, uh, but close. Um, uh, Google, know, looks, Google looks here, great. What's your, what's your beef for Google? Close. No beef, just following up on some other ideas that we've had. Yeah, I, you know, the target uh, for Google still getting back to those former highs from, from 21. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. That's, Same thing with Matt. Um, Same exact trade. Back to the former Riley, highs. Can you, can you pull up that Charlie thing that really blew my mind? Like people are laughing, like worried about a pullback here. And I'm like, if we didn't get a pullback, it would be bananas. Uh, the war breaks out October 7th. The Ukraine war is going terrible. You know, we've got so much political nonsense. Uh, what, what, was, what was Charlie's treat? It's the number one 30 day or 45 bits. I sent you the tweet. I'm just trying to look for it. He's good at some of these like just weird numbered tweets his tweet uh, says the s p 500 has gained 16 percent over the last 36 trading days one of the biggest short-term rallies we've seen in the last 30 days um it's in the years. Years. percent after I'm a good sorry, run years. too so you know this goes to like expect a little volatility here i would think you know but the trade not really there's know. no there's no um precedent for that low volatility like we're seeing is consistent with bull markets throughout history and low volatility tends to stay low 
uh, and we're in a low volatility regime. So, you know, you might get a little bit of spike in, in some volatility, but I think all of that is muted and uh, volatility stays low. This chart really also goes to like Phil's strategy of just staying in the market, right? Like, you, you know, the whole, you made up a lot of ground if you were just invested in the last 60 days. So kudos to those people that just are disciplined to say, listen, you know, the point of, of, of the U.S. stock market is to be in it. It's not easy to stay. The hardest thing to do is stay in, to be honest, um, because everybody's- well, there's, a time, there's a time and a place. There's a time to be in. There's a time to not. There's, there's certain strategies you can incorporate to always be in. I have that, I have that strategy for one of my portfolios as well. You know, mm -hmm. my kids, college fund and all that stuff, they're, they're always in. We're adding every single time. We have a personal mm -hmm. account, my wife and I, where we're adding to long positions only every month. So I do, mm -hmm. I do some of that, and I think that there's a, a place for a strategy like that. I don't think that's that's everything. I do, you know, I'm yellowing these uh, Chewy calls, you know? Yeah, I like that Chewy call. Was there anything else, Jake Riley, that we shared that was super interesting? I mean, even SPACs are basic, right? I'm in a, uh, I'm in a SPAC fund that was buying broken SPACs up 40-something percent this year, you know, uh, and even the SPAC index is bottoming. But I think I think the biggest tell next year, if I were going to pick the most interesting thing, it's that it's the Adobe Figma breakup and it's the small caps working. I think you have this convergence of like the message has been delivered. You know, uh, people want to be Coinbase. If you look back at what Coinbase did, right, sticking its finger up finally at the SEC and sticking at some at DEI and saying, get back to the office and stop talking politics. This is a business. Um, he was early on that call. And I think, uh, you know, you start, you start looking for leadership, you know, in, in different places after you go through periods like this. And I think more people are going to look at the leaders like Duolingo, uh, Coinbase and the survivors and say, you know, how do we be more like them? So I think there's some good, you know, for all the mis and, and really where the trouble continues to persist is in the private markets where a lot of these young people, tourists, as they say, or, you know, hot money came in to be a VC in 2018 to 2022 and they're lost souls. Right. So um, there's still a lot of people that are mixed up and the market doesn't care about those people. The market is continues to do what it does. So Phil, like there's a lot of interesting stuff. You know, behavioral stuff that's going to continue here to keep people out of the market. And more than one way to skin a cat. And, and JC points that out, you know, that, that you could be incredibly successful going with uh, different strategies and tailoring your success to your personality and, and your, uh, and your time frame and the, 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 the part of your life you're in and your goals, et cetera. One other, one other trend I want to catch up on is my fashionology trend and luxury before we go to the end of the year. You know, it was a great year for the degenerate economy. It was a great year for fashionology. Apple and Lulu, um, all-time highs. Uh, I think that, the, and, you know, LVMH has pulled back a little bit, but I don't think they're a technology company yet. They will eventually figure that out. But the poster children of, of fashionology, um, Apple, Lulu, I think Nike, is kind of coming out of its doldrums. Not so much a tech company as a fashion company. Um, I mean, what a year. People, you know, and then with respect to luxury, um, 
Riley, you had a thought about this as you saw LVMH and, and get passed by Novo Nordisk, right? So we've got, uh, I don't know what your thesis was there, but you were making a kind of a joke about it. Do you remember? Uh, but Novo... I don't. Okay, so Novo passed it in, in valuation, passed LVMH, which, you know, uh, reveals the truth that I discovered long ago. That being physically hot matters more than fashion. That's pretty funny. So someone else said that. All right, I'm out of ideas. JC, anything else? I mean, we could do this all day. True, true. All right, well, but we're you not. Know, but I think, I think a couple of things, you know, as we go into year end, you know, we talk, people talk about pullbacks and everything like that. Remember, we're in a bull market. So, you know, when when we're seeing the most amount of new 52-week highs in the New York Stock Exchange that we've seen in over 30 months, we continue to see breadth expansion. We continue to see more and more participation broadening among stocks, sectors, industry groups, more countries breaking out to new highs, look at emerging market currencies. Um, you know, we talked about the Mexican peso continuing to do well. You know, look at uh, um, look at the Philippines peso, look at the Polish zloty, look at the Brazilian real. The strength you're seeing in these emerging market currencies is evidence of risk appetite. Investors are putting money to work uh, and it's coming out of the dollar and you're seeing the stock market. So what are we looking for to get more defensive? We're looking for deterioration in breadth. In other words, fewer stocks making new highs, fewer sectors and industry groups making new highs. We haven't seen that. We've just seen the opposite. We're looking for dollar strength. Again, we haven't seen that. We've just seen the opposite. We're looking for consumer staples and low volatility stocks starting to outperform. We've just seen the opposite. You know, on Wednesday, stocks sold off, S&P down a percent change or something like that. Consumer staples actually closed at new 52-week lows on a relative basis. So even on a day where the stock market was under pressure, you still couldn't get a relative bid in consumer staples at low volatility. So until we start to see breath deterioration, rotation into defensive areas, dollar strength, I think you need to continue to look for stocks to buy and not look for stocks to sell. You know, everybody's always looking for a pullback. Whenever the market's going up, there's like this reversion bias. And yeah. it's like, oh, we're due for a pullback, as if there's any meaning of that. I just want to point out one quick thing. There was once a time when the NDX, the NASDAQ 100, went up five years in a row. 42%, 42%, 20%, and then over 100%. One year, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000. 42, 42, 20, 80-something, and 100-and-something percent. So due for a pullback, I don't even... I, I, that's just magical thinking, and it's just a reversion bias. Our brain has this desire to see... Oh, if something goes this way, it has to come back this way. And we Don't know mathematically that. that the market doesn't work that way. We know asset prices trend. So if you're constantly looking for reversion, you're, you're, you're just, your probabilities of success are, are dramatically diminished, right? Stock, stock prices trend. Volatility mean reverts. But the humans behave in the opposite way. They think prices are always mean reverting and volatility trends. Uh, Lindsay's on mute, but getting back to people being wrong. Perfect way Pearl to dog, end the year there. Pearl dog, that? people being wrong, like Charlie Munger said, if, if people weren't wrong so often, we wouldn't be so rich. I love that quote. I certainly speak for myself. I wouldn't have some of the wealth that I have if, if people weren't wrong so often. 
Um, and I'm going to continue to bet aggressively that humans will make poor choices. Yeah, I see it. The number one thing I interacted in stock that's over 16 years is when people fight over trying to trying to convince somebody uh, that they're wrong. And I always chime in and I said, listen, you can't save people, right? Uh, this is a stock market, right? This is like, is rough and tumble. This is, this is, this is Gaza. Is this the arena that basically. they're always talking about? Is this the arena? Yeah. I mean, journal, find smart people to do it, but don't, your job is not to save people or, or convince people's minds. This no, is, I tell this them, is, I was like, all right, I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is what I makes we'll markets. Is generally, I generally reply to people, this is what makes markets. Uh, you know, okay. this is a beautiful thing that, uh, just it looked bleak out there in 2021 not so much because i was bearish just because i knew the heights of which the silliness of which we were coming from and in two short years you know the markets kind of fixed themselves yeah. you know despite having corruption and stupidity and poor leadership uh, money has a way of just moving and voting uh, which is really quite fabulous um all right boys Merry Christmas, Phil. Merry Christmas, Love. Riley. Love you guys.